All right. Hey, everyone. Rob Kress here, your lifestyle and functional pharmacist. Thank you once again for tuning in. Um, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we are going to talk about not skipping over the basics or the foundations, because I think oftentimes we can get lost there. So this episode would be for both practitioners, coaches, and patients, or I should say all, but meaning the practitioners and the patients screw practitioners and coaches together um and coming from a clinician or a practitioner's point of view um, i see this as an issue a lot so it impacts the patients that's why i want patients to hear this as well so oftentimes well let's just say so we always should and have to go back to foundations and i'm talking all the time i don't care what we're dealing with whether it's a cancer whether it's hormones imbalance we need to go back to the basics what are the basics well you can look at the basics in a number of different ways basics could be the simplicity of supporting detoxification pathways basics can be the lifestyle habits like getting out in nature right getting proper rest sleep stuff like that so when we speak at the foundations, it's just natural to our being because what we crawl before we walk, right? Uh, think of a bike. We need those training wheels, right? So we find our balance before we kind of let ourselves free and let ourselves go. So I want to give you some examples and tell you why I talked about this or why I want to talk about this because all too often I see. Um, say in the realm of functional pharmacy, you know, we have a lot more pharmacists that are getting into the practice, which is awesome. And when you start learning it, you start, or what I see happens a lot is now with the advent of all these functional tests, people get really gigged on that and they want to start testing. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes, and they can be super helpful. They identify a lot of great things. But I think what happens is we run to the testing before we look at the basics. You know, when I got into, oh, I'd like to say lifestyle and functional medicine, but it wasn't even called that then. It was either like natural medicine, herbology, um, alternative medicine, you know, back in like 1994. Um, we didn't have such testing. And when I was, my first kind of official training was um, the uh, Michael and Leslie Tierra East-West Herb Course. So for there, for like adrenal testing, we're looking at like the surgeon's white line test, right? Um, the the pain, the Rogoff sign for adrenals. We're looking at tongues, stuff like that. So real basic. I mean, not bad. I mean, it's it's pretty intricate to learn it, but it's certainly not these uh, you know salivary testing, these advanced stool testings we have these days. Which once again, I'm not taking anything away from them, but. What I, I think it's really important is what we don't want to do is miss the basics. And far too often I see people set themselves up in practice and just to think, okay, you're, I'm going to test and then I'm going to create your protocol. So first of all, the testing is enticing. It's interesting, right? You get kicked on it. <clears throat> and it's almost like devising a nutritional protocol is like sexy or something, right? It's just like they get jacked on doing that, which is good too. But once again, there's some lifestyle stuff we don't want to miss over. And I want to share that with you. Like I've seen uh, people, practitioners, whether it's, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, let's talk about communication as foundation one point. 
we need to get back to simple communications. And this is talking one-on-one -on -one with the patient. This is listening to the patient. Very important thing. And educating them and teaching them. Um, a lot of people will even do in-office tests, whether it's like a hand cradle and stuff like that, or, you know, they'll put the patient's system in a so symptoms in a software program, then it spits out a protocol and there they go without any interaction and talking because you need, there's a lot of things that no technology can pick up, such as what is the patient's environment at their house, right? Um, did they really slip off their, did they possibly slip off their diet, even though what they, their input says they didn't? Um, what's their relationship like with their family members or their spouse, right? So, and that's, that's root stuff. That's getting to the root cause of stuff. So it's super important. So <clears throat> talking to the patient, listening to the patient, allowing them to talk is a big part. And, you know, when I was back in, what, 2005, six, seven, eight, when I was primarily only doing my patient generated practice. Um, what I learned is a lot of people, they really found value in being heard. Sitting there listening, a lot of people aren't heard these days. Um, so that's a, it's a big value. So, you know, you listen and then I want, you know, you educate, but I also don't want you to assume that they hear you or they're going to remember. So, okay, we develop our practice. And if you remember the episode before this one, I talked about the why of functional pharmacy and lifestyle medicine. Well, this is kind of the next evolution, right? So I want to give you an example on this one. So I was in on a call the other day with a, a colleague uh, helping out on a kind of a resistant patient, a patient that I've been having some trouble with. Suddenly we're on the call and the patient was doing great, which was kind of contrary to what um, was told of me. So, you know, the other practitioner said, what's going on? And the patient's like, well, I took, took three days off. So boom, you almost assume it was stress. So we start looking at, okay, so what's the relationship in your workplace and how can we emulate what you're doing at your work with what you've been doing at home the last few days, you know, are you moving more? Are you exercising more? Are you, you know, not sitting down as much? So we went all over all these traits and these traits are important because it's the structure. Everything matters. This is why it's lifestyle medicine, right? It's a diet we eat. It's a movement we do and don't do. It's a stress management that we do. It's the other lifestyle habits, such as getting out in nature, uh, the power of play, engaging with others, everything. But then the patient says, oh, because even when I read the notes beforehand, the comment was made, I'm having difficulty finding enough food to eat, everything that's gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, yada, yada, yada. So I immediately went into the assumption, this patient's totally gluten-free. So we're talking, the patient said, well, you know what I realized? I, every once in a while, I would have a muffin. So I gave it up. So for two weeks, I haven't had any gluten whatsoever. And me and the other practitioner are like, wait, what? Because we assumed she was gluten-free at this time. Here we are. We assumed. We assumed initial education and talking to the patient. And this is a patient who was very well-versed, right? Um, did a lot of research on the internet. So we assumed that they were totally gluten-free at this point. 
which was not the case. And that was literally the causative factor, not being, so it was that two week window. You know, there's a lot we can do and we can get people to stay off these reactive proteins and these processed and refined foods for two weeks because we just reignite their gut brain connection and they start to feel better and on so many different levels. So that was the thing. You want to listen and we don't want to assume that they're doing what we think that they're doing. All right. So that's a foundational thing. Um, another one is... No, you know what? I'm not going to say this one. In the last podcast I talked about, we're going to speak about relatability coming up, and that's going to be a separate call. So I'm not going to talk about that now. Let me give you another example. Polypharmacy versus polynutrition. All right. So as pharmacists, we know of polypharmacy. Someone gets on three medications and four, five, six, seven, and suddenly they're on this litany of medications. Well, you know, this person we might be working with, and we might start transitioning them from some, you know, with the acknowledgement of the doctor, um, from prescriptions to nutraceuticals. Well, the ultimate goal here, I mean, it's nice. They may be in a much better state, less side effects, less drug-induced nutrient depletions. Although we shouldn't stop there. Now, I'm not saying everyone can get off nutrients. I'm not saying everyone can get off medications. But what I'm saying is our goal shouldn't be, okay, we got you off meds. Now you're just on supplements to replace them. Let's not go any further because we can go further. And that is the power that exists within um, balanced lifestyle medicine, medicine because we can do that. Um, so that's super important. So let's not get hung up on the poly of things. Let's recognize that um, – you know, we can do a lot for our patients. And if it's through movement, stress management, along with diet, we might be able to even knock some of the supplements off. So that's kind of cool. So once again, foundational element. Let's not skip over that. Um, the next one. This is kind of an interesting one. Um, the question was posed. I've got a patient who is a picky eater, although wants to heal her gut, and this certain supplement causes a certain side effect like a migraine. What can I give them? So the question is, what can I give them? Once again, we skipped over foundations, folks. So I think we got to recognize that, one, the person is titled, addressed as a picky eater. So my question was, why are they a picky eater? Is it that they react to a lot of foods or are intolerant to a lot of foods? Is that why they have such a narrow, narrow eating spectrum? Or is it a taste and texture thing? And lo and behold, it's a taste and texture thing. So other recommendations that came down the pipeline was let's do a GI test. Let's do the four or five gut, uh, five hour gut protocol, you know, remove, repopulate, re-inoculate, um, and, you know, I wanted to address that because testing's awesome. You know, testing's great. And in this case, we've got a patient who doesn't like taste and texture, so only eats a few things. Well, when you only eat a few things, you actually set your gut up for an imbalance because the gut wants diversity of healthy foods. That's what creates diversity of good bacteria, that commensal environment. It's critical. It's super. We need to. Super important. So... I mentioned, I said, cool, the testing's good, and maybe we can find out there's metabolic imbalances, possibly infection, possibly inflammation. And we can hit it. We can hit that stuff, which is going to be the next topic I'm going to talk about. We can hit that stuff with natural products, clear them out, 
But what happens if we didn't change those foundational elements, such as their diet, their narrowly focused diet? Um, well, chances are another issue is going to develop because we're not providing them with a healthy, uh, a diverse food choice where they're going to create a commensal envir environment, a healthy gut environment. And yes, they can take probiotics. But once again, let's also, you know, we can do so much better for people, even if it's a both and, to talk about the importance of diet, creating the bugs by the good bugs by ourselves. And if we need some probiotics on top of that, awesome, we can do that too. So that was my take home here that I wanted to get across for them was, you know, hey, we can test. That's all sex. We can do that. We can do the nutritions. But um, in the end, if we haven't changed those habitual patterns, the dietary patterns, so made the recommendation. There's a lot of, and this is an adult, but I said there's a lot of great books out there for children on how to mask foods, mask taste and texture to get them to eat a diverse, healthy environment, a diet. Um, and my other <laughs> recommendation was um, tell them to grin and bear it. Tell them to suck it up. You know, um, sometimes, and that's going to be another topic for a podcast, the difference between pain and discomfort. You know, we are built to adapt to stressors. Stressors make us stronger. If we continually go for a life of absolute ease where there's not the least bit discomfort, we will not be growing and we will not be getting stronger. So that's important. Um, another one was the basics that I was kind of just talking about um, when I was saying uh, you know, we could throw some supplements at them to kill the bad bugs, this and that, the other. This is another patient we'll talk about. I said on this consult, young girl. Young girl was seeing, um, it was a, a alternative practitioner. I won't say alternative, it was a chiropractor. So the chiropractor ran a litany of tests. At first, the chiropractor was saying this kid's stricken with mold, which freaked the mom out, scared the mom out. They went through thousands and thousands of dollars of tests. Um, really weird diet. And the kid was no better. Um, so the kids started seeing a, coll a colleague of mine, so they brought me in on this. So then we start getting to the foundation because this is what I want to get to yet. We need to hit the foundation. We need to open up detoxification pathways and support them if we're going to try to kill things in our body, if we want to support that. So then the chiropractor runs another test says, ah, it must be parasites. And I swear between you and me. If it's not mold, it's parasites. It's like it's got to be these like crazy undetectable or like, you know, off the cuff type things that we got to throw all these like, you know, not the common like specialized supplements at them. And maybe that's the case. They may not. They may need that. Although when I saw this case, I'm like, listen, this is a kid. This kid is living such a sterile life. This kid has been told not to go outside, not to be in the sunshine. This is things that we need. So we need this for a foundation. I'm like, I would like this kid to get dirty. So it was great. My colleague was like, I want you to get a garden. You know, you and your mom are going to start gardening. I love that. Um, I want you to start petting the dog. They actually bred dogs. So the child got in there with the puppies and all that because all that builds our strength, our immune system, our biome, challenges our detoxification pathways and stuff to make stronger. So we're doing this in a natural environment in a, a natural way.
In addition to that, the kind of oh, the child was very metabolic, high insulin levels and stuff like that. And the diet that they prescribed for her was just highly lipogenic and highly insulin stimulating. So made that change too, because you know that's not natural for our body. You know our gene pattern has been a, a low insulin stimulating diet. So. Went that route, stuck with the foundations. Child starts doing a little bit. Actually, child lost a lot of weight within the first few weeks. Um, and there are some other things there, uh, you know, as far as enabling by mom, right? We could see that sometimes. Last thing I want to talk to you about, which is very interesting. How we treat anyone is how we treat everyone. Because here's another patient. Um, I sat in on this one. It's a cancer patient. And um, prognosis isn't great. Although we can go about this in a killing the cancer type way, which is pretty allopathic. That's what chemotherapy does. Or we can get in there and say, you know what? We're going to support detoxification pathways. We're going to support organs and we're going to support the immune system. And that's what we did. And we've done this in the past and it's successful. So, you know, when you can do it this way, when you're supporting these foundational elements and pathways, what you're allowing yourself to do is step into the integrative realm. So you can still do chemotherapy, right? Maybe chem chemotherapy is indicated. Well, how can we work with that? Well, we can use low-dose naltrexone. What's one of the things chemotherapy does? It knocks down your white blood cells. What's one of the medications they use for that? Was it new laster or something like that? Which is one, super expensive. Two, a lot of side effects. People sound like crap. What if we experiment or go with low-dose naltrexone designed to boost those um, white blood cells? Also can be used for lymphoma, which this was. It's shown to have some anti-cancer effects. You're working with the patient. Um, what if the patient, we want to helpfully avoid like the nausea and stuff that comes with chemotherapy? Well, let's talk about fasting. Um, fasting has shown if you don't eat uh, one to two days, one and two days before chemotherapy, the day after, you can dramatically reduce side effects. Well, maybe someone could be skinny, right? And we don't want them to lose much, too much more weight. Well, we can go with a fasting mimicking diet like Prolon. So boom, we've got a lot of these wonderful ways where we can support the body, give it caloric efficient, let's see, support <clears throat> detoxification pathways. Um, you know, this patient here, we want, you know, if you look at other uh, alternative, well, I should say complementary ways. Well, what do we know feeds cancer? Sugar. Right, so insulin resistance can be a big issue. That's why metformin is often used. It's also an AMPK um, activator. Well, so is berberine, which is kind of cool. So we can go that route. We can also go routes with like turmeric or curcumin, which is great anti-inflammatory, and it's also support for the gut, all the organs. Right, so we're talking about detoxification pathways, kidneys, and liver. So this is one of the greatest, wonderful ways. I guess this thing just went from foundational treatments, which it is, you know, in the realms of cancer, to how integrative and complementary medicine can really bode well for the patient. So anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I hope um, as a patient, this made some sense to you. And as a practitioner, help guide you in your way of um, kind of uh, 
sculpt in your practice. Um, as anytime we talk, none of this is meant to replace any of the medical information that you get for your practitioners um, or any business models or anything like that. Uh, this is for your informational purposes. Uh, my name is Robert Kress. Reach out if you have any questions. Uh, functionalpharmacy at gmail.com. Um, Twitter and Instagram, Rob Kress, F-R-X. So F as in functional, R-X as in well, the pharmacy symbol. And then on um, Facebook, it is Facebook slash functional pharmacy. So thank you so much. It was great being here with y'all and you have a wonderful evening.